Well, we're going to have a good time tonight. Woke up this morning. I have this happen to me a lot, and I don't know why I tell y'all. I don't even know why I tell you, but other than I just feel like I need to. I wake up sometimes about five in the morning, and the Lord will start talking to me. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe it's because it's the only time I'm quiet. You ever wonder that? Does he do that to y'all? Does he talk to y'all in the morning? And so sometimes by the time I wake up, I've got a whole sermon. And I know it's God because he wouldn't have woke me up and started giving me scriptures. And so I enjoy it. I enjoy him talking to me. I hope he continues forever to talk to me. I wonder when we get to heaven whether we actually asleep. You know, there's all kind of questions. But anyway, tonight we're going to teach on, we're going to talk about the kingdom of heaven. I think it's a great subject. It's not something I talk about a lot. It is in the Bible. And I think it'd be interesting to go down this road. Amen. So go with your Bibles to Matthew 3. And we're going to be in Matthew, the first 3, 4, 13, and 7. So we're going to be hanging around the beginning of it. We'll break away a little bit, but we're going to spend a little time up here. But I want to start off by reading a couple of scriptures. Um, Matthew 3, verse 2. Let's start with one. In the days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and he said, Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, I think sometimes we miss that word. It's like we don't really consciously think kingdom of heaven. But what is a kingdom? A kingdom is the domain of a king. Now, let's think about this for a second because I'm going to read another one in just a moment. We're going to stay on this path a little while. Jesus came and brought a brand new kingdom that will eventually one day rule and reign the whole earth. And what will it be called then? Kingdom of heaven. It's not going to change. You're not changing the name. He's, he's the one that branded the name of it. The millennial reign will be the kingdom of heaven in the earth in its fullness. But it came when Jesus stepped in the earth. It came. So I want to read another scripture to you. I think that you'll enjoy this. Kingdom, um, Matthew 4, 17. Just next page over. From that time, Jesus began to preach and said, repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, we know when he said that at hand, he's talking about right here, right here. Now, wherever Jesus went, took the kingdom. And as a king over people, he began to rule and reign over all the enemy, and he began to set captives free. And that's what we know as the kingdom come. So he later told his disciples, pray, that kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we think that he's talking about the millennial reign. He was not. He was talking about where we are now. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So he's talking about us entering the kingdom. So we all know that we are in a kingdom. Now we're in the earth, but there is a, there's a dual kingdom in the world. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Now, I'm going to ask you all a question. How many of you went to the Saturday matinee when you were a kid at, at a theater? You went to a theater on Saturday. Do you remember what it was like to walk outside in the summer after being in the theater? It's blinding. Think about this. When you've been in darkness, 
Does a church like this blind you a little bit? Did you get accustomed to the light? See, you and I are accustomed to the kingdom. But people walk in this church and go. And it isn't that we need to tone it down. They just need to get used to the light. And that's a good statement. Because I'm not going to tone it down because you've been in darkness. Just open your eyes. And it'll become normal to you. Amen. But if they scream, just go, just, just, just hang around a little while. What we do will become very normal. I, th- I don't think I'm extreme. I think I'm normal. Okay. I know that sounds, uh, that might be a personal opinion. Go to Matthew 13, 31. And let's, let's look at Jesus talking about the kingdom. 1331, he, he told a lot of parables and in them, he made the same statement over and over and over. And I'm bringing this up because sometimes we don't talk about it. We don't, we don't bring an emphasis on that. I don't want to do that tonight. Another parable, another, another parable he put forth and said, the kingdom of heaven, say the kingdom of heaven, is like... So what he's going to do is he's going to talk about the kingdom, but he's going to use stories to go, let me explain to you what the kingdom is. It's like this, it's like this, it's like this. And a lot of times we need a natural analogy to explain a spiritual truth. So he's going to start off by saying the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took, sowed it in a field, and indeed the least of all seeds, and it was grown, it became greater than all the herbs, it became a tree, and the birds of the air came in his branches. Now, have you ever seen the little pendant that girls would wear, you know, usually in junior high school, and had a mustard seed inside of it? I mean, you'd have to take magnifying glass to see the little, little thing. And he was talking about the fact that mustard, actually mustard is 100% mustard. There's no hull, there's no shell, there's no seed. It is a seed. It's 100% mustard. So that's one of the reasons he said the kingdom is as a mustard seed, because it's pure. But the size of it is so tiny that you could chunk it out there in the desert and you'd never find it again until it grew up and became a tree and it'd be so big birds fly. So he said the kingdom, and he's talking about his death on the cross, that one day... One man, Jesus, one event would spread through the earth and the kingdom would grow and grow and grow and one day take over the whole earth. Let's read another one before we go deeper in that. Verse 23, another parable he spoke, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal until it was all leavened. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, it's pretty simple. You and I are kingdom subjects. We are leaven. You see, Zach is supposed to go in his work and take kingdom to work. Melanie's supposed to take kingdom to the school. You're supposed to take the kingdom wherever you live and wherever you are. You're a change agent. If you're a police, change change the world you're in. If you're a mayor, change the world you're in. If you're a school teacher, change the school. If you're a principal, bring the kingdom until the city comes under Jesus. That's what the that's what that's what churches are supposed to be doing. Not just knocking on doors, turn to burn. 
Okay. In other words, we're supposed to be an influence. Okay. Um, 1347. 1347. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast in the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when he was full, he drew to the shore and sat down and gathered the good vessels and threw the bad away. And so it will be at the end of the age, the angels will come forth, separate the wicked from the just, and cast them in the furnace of fire, and they'll be wailing and gnashing teeth. And Jesus said to them, have you understood these things? And they said, yes, Lord. He said, therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a book, a householder who brings out of his treasure old things and new. So he's con I wanted to show you that he was constantly teaching on the kingdom. Wanted to understand it. So he hasn't stopped this idea. Y'all are quiet. He didn't one day go, okay, that was New Testament. Okay, let's change. Is there a kingdom? Is he the king? Are we subjects? Yes. Not someday, now. Right now, okay. That's, that's muy importante. Okay, 13... 11, we're going back now. We're going to go back into early 13. We're going to start over with another. We're going to take, take it on a little further. Let's read 10. And the disciples came and said, why do you speak in parables? He said to them, because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. Whoever has, to more will be given. And you'll have abundance. And whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Therefore, I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they don't see, hearing they don't hear, and they don't understand. But... It, but to them in prophecy, and Isaiah said, hearing you'll hear and understand, not understand, and seeing you'll see and not perceive. Their heart of this people is dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes they have closed. They, that they should see and with their, their eyes and hear with their ears, and I would understand, and they would understand. Their hearts would turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Say Amen. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it and hear what you hear and didn't hear it. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. Now, he's fixing to tell a parable about the kingdom. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, talking about lost people, the wicked one comes, snatches away what was sown in his heart, and this is those who receive by wayside. Those who receive the seed in the stony places, he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, and yet he has no root in himself but endures for a while, and a time of trouble, a tribulation, trouble, persecution because of the word, because of the word, because of the word. Trouble comes because you heard the word. Now, you might think it's an in-law, an outlaw, a relative, but it's because you heard the word. Immediately, he stumbles and he falls away. In other words, there will be temptations. Just because you're sitting in church right now does not mean the devil's going to leave you alone. All right, now let's go to the next one. Now, he who receives seed among thorns, he who hears the word, cares of the world. That's not a sin. Deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. He receives seed on good ground, and see who hears the word and understands it, and indeed bears and indeed bears fruit. Some thirty, some hundred, and some no hundredfold, sixty and thirty fold return. Well, he's talking about people with a good heart, and he's explaining the kingdom of God. Now, now, go to Matthew seven. Go back to Matthew seven. And we'll explain all this in a minute. We'll, we'll wrap it all up. 721. 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, haven't we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name, and I'll declare to you, I never, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, let me ask you a question, because here's where I want to go tonight. I want you to think deeply about what I'm fixing to ask this to you. We know that we're not saved by keeping the law. Is that right? We're saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves, gift of God. But did he die and raise you up and set you free from sin to become lawless? No, he did not. So is the church under law? Yes. Y'all went quiet on me. Believe it or not, believe it or not, you believe it or not, this is, a, this is a revelation to people. Now, there is a scripture that talks about the Antichrist, and it calls him the lawless one. So what is the world? They're lawless. Is the church supposed to be lawless? No. Now, I'm going to slow down a minute because I want you to think. He is a king. He delivered us a kingdom. And he gave us, he started off on the Sermon on the Mount saying, do this and 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 do this. We're going to read it. Did he expect you and I to do what he said? Yes. yes. Let me say something to you about a church. It, is, it has been difficult to pastor lately because we have no regard for the Bible. You can't pastor people who have no standard. I don't want to preach something and you go, mm, you know, whatever. And that, that happens more and more now than I've ever seen since I've been pastoring. Is he king? Is he your king? Is, does he have laws? Yeah, he does. Are y'all 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 hearing me? This is not small. We're going to get into something really good in just a second. Verse 24, 724. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. You see, when you're reading your Bible or you come into church, you're reading it to do it, not to reading it to understand it. It's not pick or choose what do you think. It's what did he say? So I have this saying that when someone comes to you and asks you a question, like let's let's just go, let's just talk about tithing. Let's talk about tithing. I walk up to Frank and I go, Frank, you know, Pastor Sunday was talking about tithing, and I mean, I only make, I don't make a lot of money. What do you think? Frank should say, What does the Bible say? See, Frank doesn't have an opinion. <laughs> You don't have an, you don't have an, I don't have an opinion. What does, what did Jesus say? Don't, 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 don't go down. Well, let me tell you what I think. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with circumstances, nothing to do with nothing. Well, let me ask you this. When I came in Sunday morning and they're talking about speaking in tongues. What do you think? What's the Bible say? It, 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 take people back 
to the kingdom. Wait, 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 wait. We're in a kingdom. He's the king. He's the king over a domain. We're in it. What did he say? That's all. That's our answer. That's always our answer. So what is right and wrong? Whatever he said it is. We're not reinventing marriage. You don't need to wonder whether male or female. Hey, we, we figured that out. That's, someone else did that a long time ago for us. What, did it, what does the Bible say? What about adultery? What does the Bible say? What, 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 about, what about love is patient and kind? What does the Bible say? See, it's, we're not, it's not that hard. He never told us to try to figure out. Just, well, hold on a minute. Let's go. I think I got that scripture over there. This is not rocket science. Okay. And whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'll liken to a wise man to build his house on a rock. So there is two kinds of Christians in the world. Those who are doing it and those who are not. Now, now think about that for a minute because he's going to talk. See, God's not mad at anybody or everybody. He's not. So, you know, you look at a person and say, well, I'll tell you what I think about it. Well, you might be steering them away from the Bible. That's not your job. Okay. Okay, listen to me. The rain descended, the floods came, the wind blew and beat that house and it didn't fall. It's founded on the word of God. It's founded on the word. So in the days ahead, are, is the kingdom going to be shaken? No. It's not going to. You, if you're building on the word of God, you have nothing to worry about from here to the rapture. You've built on the rock. You're solid. You're good. The kingdom is... And I'm gonna get. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to. Boy, I don't, boy, I'm going someplace. Everyone who hears you saying to mine and does not do them is like a really stupid person. <laughs> I said that, and I shouldn't say that. A foolish man who built his house on the sand. Now Lisa said to me one day. She said Jesus told you not to build a house in Daytona Beach. She said, all these people that got hit by a hurricane, they just disobeyed God. They shouldn't build in Orlando. He said, don't build on the sand. Get out and build on a rock someplace. So <laughs> I kind of concur with her. You know, if you build it on, if you build it where you know a hurricane's coming, you're like, ah, maybe. Anyway, never mind. So we don't have a house in Daytona Beach for that reason. Um, I'll like a foolish man. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So when it, was, when it was, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had a authority. What's that mean? He taught them like I'm the boss. Is he authority? Yeah, he is. Now, let me jump way ahead of myself. You're either under authority or you're not. If you're not under the word, you're not under authority. And your days ahead are not going to go well. Okay, let me, let, me, let me make another statement to you. When we start preaching live right, why do you act like someone is spanking you? Because if you were living right, it wouldn't bother you. And why is it taking me 35 years into you being saved to have the thought are we supposed to be living right? Well, that's like a revelation to me. I didn't know that. I'm being serious. 
Because today, we don't want to hear that. You know, if you want, you say, well, pastor, I need peace. Well, if you're living right, you'd have it. He's the prince of peace. Yeah, but I've lost my joy. Well, if you were living right, you'd have joy. You see, we all want to be healed, but we don't want to do anything he said. So when you walk up to someone and say, are you in church? You're reading your Bible? You go, ah, no, I'm not. Well, let let me tell you, in in all all love, (laughs) your future's bad. Because he didn't say it might be bad. He said it. When the storm comes, you're gone. So in the days we're living in right now, do you think it's important to preach what he said to do? I do too. I do too. I think it's real important to go back over, other than just Jesus loves me, this I know. What did he say about that? Now, it might be that what he said you're not doing. And it might bother you. You might be sitting here going, oh, crap. But you need to hear it so that you don't have your house fall down in a storm. Okay. Now, we had an inspector come to our house, and, and he would flunk stuff that I did. Now, I'm not doing it on purpose, but he would come along and go, well, we have the laws because we have hurricanes. And the way you're doing it is not right. So the, the guys that put the roof on had to come back and put nails in a different place and bolts in a different place, and they had to change it, not because he's being a bad guy. Of course, I did, of course he was a butt. They're all jerks. They all act like jerks. But they're right. He's protecting me. When the carpenters are doing it wrong, he's protecting me so that when the storm comes, so we had a, we had a hurricane, came through 100 mile an hour wind, and the house is fine. Right number of the staples in the shingles and right uh, everything. I mean, the, the house just sat there and like it, and like it was nothing. And I, so I'm sitting there going, <laughs> glad we built it, right? But those are why we have laws. That's why God has law. Law. Say laws. Romans three twenty seven. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you something in the Bible that we we don't ever talk about it. We don't we just don't talk about it because everyone wants to talk about the goodness of God. And I want to talk about the goodness of God. I want to talk about how He loves me. <laughs> I've made righteous. I want to talk about all those good things. But I also don't want to keep doing stupid stuff. Romans 3.27. I think that's where I'm going. 3.27. Oh, turn the page. There's no 3.27. I'm in Acts. Let's just change books here. Let's just go over a little bit more. All right, let's just keep going. So, I want to I show you something in your Bible so that we'll get our minds a little more renewed to, to the Bible. Let's do this. Let's get our minds renewed. Are there laws in the New Testament? Yes. yes. Now, when somebody said, well, don't put me on the law. Well, eh, okay. 
You're not on the law in order to be saved, but if, if there is no law, we're lawless. We're not lawless. So I'm going to show you a few scriptures in the Bible, and I want you to see it, 327. Whereas boasting is excluded by what law of works? No, the law of faith. Did you know that we are under a law called the law of faith? Did you know that your faith has a law? That it works by law? It, if you work it, it works automatically? Let me, let me say it to you this way so you don't get mad at me. If God died, the law would still work. We don't even need him. I mean, we do, we do. We, I know we do. Don't throw anything at me. Because he, in other words, we don't, we don't have to get a hold of him to go, right, let, let me use another one. Pray this morning. Oh, God, I pray gravity works. Because I'm fixing to get out of bed and I don't want to float off. You don't have to pray that. It's a law. It works so well, you could jump off the house and pray that it would quit working and it would still work. Because God built the earth with laws. You know, the other day I was on Facebook and I was looking at somebody that sent me something on planets, the size of the moon and the earth, the size of the sun. It's so extraordinary to look at what our universe holds. But have you ever thought about how the earth has to be in a perfect distance from the sun, not, not, not too close, not too far, has to be turning at the right speed so that it doesn't suck it into the sun or blow it out from in, away from the sun. And that all this time it's been turning at the perfect speed, at the perfect distance because God set it up in a law. And you want that law to continue. Don't you? Yeah, I do. And the molecules in your body, they're all under law. The bird's wings are under law. Everything that he made has order. Does the church have order? Yes. There's an order to the church. There's an order. There's a right order and a wrong order. The wrong order, wrong result. Right order, right result. Well, y'all are, see, y'all went. Well, see, we have, this, uh, we have this thing about the word law. Like you bring up the word law and you're like, I bind you. Don't be talking to me about no law. I'm not under legalism. Now, listen, I understand God told you you could eat bacon, but... There was a reason he told you not to eat the bacon. You can eat the bacon and still go to heaven. But I will tell you a pig isn't as clean as a, as a steer or as a deer. All right, and I understand you can, not, you, can, you can eat and not wash your hands and you will still be saved and Jesus will love you. But I would highly recommend... Since you've been out in the yard with the dog and he's been licking himself and you've been petting him, when you come in and eat, you might want to wash your hands. I don't mean that you're under legalism, but I would say that God probably knew what he was talking about when he went, uh, I think I'd wash my hands before you eat. 
So the Pharisees said something to Jesus about your disciples don't wash their hands. He wasn't saying from this day forward, we don't wash hands. He's saying from this day forward, it has nothing to do with whether you're righteous. He didn't tell you not to wash your hands. This one's not exactly written in the word law, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, but there is a law of sowing and reaping. It's a law. Are y'all understanding that? I don't even need to go down that road too far. I mean, you've heard enough of Mark Hankins and enough of me every Sunday morning talking about the law of sowing and reaping. But, but, but let, me, let me just read it, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. I say unto you, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. That's a law. You say, well, I don't have enough money. Give more. Well, I don't have any money. Well, give more. Well, but I don't have, yeah, I know. But, but see, that's, it's a law. And, and it'll work if you work it. So are we Christians under law? Yes, we're not saved by law, but we're under law. Let's do another one. Uh, James 2, James 2. Let's go with James 2. I'm doing a better job than you're amen, but that's all right. Because, I mean, like, like I told you, the Lord woke me up at 5 o'clock in the morning. He starts talking to me about the kingdom of God. And I went, you know, I never gave that a whole lot of thought. Okay. I never even gave that a thought. I don't even think about the kingdom of God. Ever, 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 ever. James 2.12. 2.12. Look at this. Look at this scripture. So speak and do as those who will be judged by the law of what? Liberty. Liberty. It's a law. You're merciful, you get mercy. You're not merciful, you don't get mercy. It's a law. You control it. God doesn't control it, you control it. Let's look at another one. It's still in James 2, 8. Chapter 2, verse 8. If you really fulfill the royal law, what is the royal law? Love your neighbors yourself. Now, I'm trying to show you this, that just like gravity, it's a law. It works because you work it, or it doesn't work if you don't work it. So the kingdom of God, or Christians, are under law. Not legalism, but we're under law. We are not lawless. The church should not be full of people that are lawless and rebellious and stubborn. Shouldn't happen, but it is. And I think that's what the Lord's waiting on church. Because let me ask you a question. Let's go deep. When you die, are you, when you go to heaven, are you going to do what he says? Why are you waiting? What does death do? Why does death make Jesus Lord? It doesn't. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's, I'm fixing to get real deep. You ready? You ready? Okay. During the millennial reign, is God going to give you a job? Are you going to do it? Yes. 
You guarantee? Did he give you one here? Why aren't you doing it? Do you have to die to obey God? See, he's not, he's not the king of a kingdom when you die. He's king of the kingdom right this minute. I'll come over here and preach. I'm, 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 we're going somewhere now because this is, this is huge. Okay, here's another one. When you die, is he going to give you a mansion? House? Did he give you the one you live in now? Are you going to live for the house in the millennial reign or are you going to live for him? Why are you living for your house now? Why is your job now more important than Jesus? And then when you die, it'll, Jesus will be more important than your job. Should it be that way? It should not be that way, but it is. I'm going real good now. So death, God needs the devil to kill you till you can obey. That's stupid. Do you understand how we think? When I die. In the sweet by and by. All right. So when you go to, during the morning rain, will God have a, a means of transportation for you? I think so. I don't think you ever worry about where, you know, getting where you need to go. Well, what about now? Let's say you don't have a car now. Could, could you? He's not, he's not more God when, when you die than he is now. He could get you a car now. Just as easy as he can take care of you when you die. Right. Yes. Amen. Okay, okay. When you die, will you be more righteous than you are now? Well, I'm doing good. I am doing good. I'm fixing to read something to you. This is good, isn't it? I read this one day and I went, oh, this is really good. When are we ever going to have peace? When is Jesus going to be made wisdom? When and redemption? Is that to come at death? No. Or is it a fact now? It's a fact now. Him who knew no sin, God made sin on our behalf that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We know the first part's true. What about the last? We are to become righteous in this life or we to become righteous after death? That would mean that death, God needed death to finish the job. Does he? No. Is righteousness reckoned to us or, or are we made? Is, is Jude 24 now? Now to him that's able to guard you from stumbling and set you before his presence without blemish and with exceeding joy. Do you have to die and go to, the, to be heaven to finally have joy? Can you have some now? You can have all you want now. You can, can have, okay. Is that presence of which we speak before which we are with exceeding joy, is it after death or is it now? It seems very clear to me that we live in his presence now. When we walk in his presence now, we can walk with him now. Now, let me ask you a question. When you get to heaven, are you going to go meet Jesus? Won't you meet him now? I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just getting started. If he can't present you now before his presence with exceeding joy, he certainly can't do it 
after you die. Death doesn't fix unrighteousness. The blood fixes unrighteousness. You're in the kingdom when? Now. If it requires death to cleanse you from sin, we're left in a very unhappy dilemma. Death is of the devil, and it would indicate that God in his redemption was unable to give you victory, and he's got to have the devil to finish his work. That's good reading right there. That's good reading. So, so the kingdom of God, Jesus said the kingdom is at hand. All right. What if... You die, and we, we go in the millennial reign, and you're, you live in a popka, and he wants you to go to Jerusalem and meet him. Are you going to go? Yeah. Would you meet him now? Yes. Why don't you come to church? Do you know why you don't? Because he can't pay your bills now, but he can later. I'm being serious, guys. The, if the king says, come, you don't go, I'm busy. He's either the king, and he's not going to be the king when you die. He's the king now. He's your king, supposed to be your king. Oh, it's quiet in this Baptist church. Do you know why I live in a popka? He sent me here. Where'd he send you? So when you get in the during the millennial reign, are you gonna jump from church to church? Are you gonna jump from job to job? Oh no, we're gonna serve the Lord. Well, then we'll kill you now because it's just somebody needs to help you get right. <laughs> We're under law. I oh, know, I know, I know. The, the kingdom of God is made up of laws, and he wrote in the book of Matthew, and I'm going to go back over there. I'm going to go back over there. He started off. He opened his mouth and started the, 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 the Sermon on the Mount, and he talked about murder, talked about light, talked about adultery, talked about your enemy, talked about marriage, talked about pleasing God, talked about finances, and when does that begin? It's, it's law. For you, it's law. It's not optional. You don't read and go, I'm going to tell you what I think about it. There's where we're having a breakdown in this nation. Because Americans are very independent. Don't wait till you die to go, I really ought to get right now. I'm thinking about getting right before I die. Maybe like right now. What's stopping me? If he can meet my needs then, can he do it now? If can I meet my needs when I die? You can't meet them now. All right, let me ask you another question. Are you going to be healthy in heaven? 
You just get healthy now. Well, I have this body. Oh, poor God. We're not thinking kingdom. He is king. And he commanded you to be well. This is good. I want us to start thinking a little bit more, not now and then. Let's put them together. Let's bring this whole thing back together and go. I said to you that if you believe in me, you'll never die. We'll change addresses, but we won't die. If you're ornery now, you'll be ornery in heaven. Your personality isn't going to change because you die. Why don't you work on it now? <laughs> I'm doing good. I love it. Revelation 1.6. Let's go over there. Is, are y'all are still saying amen, but I felt a little, only a little cool breeze. Not a lot, but just a little cool chill hit me while I was talking like, but it's good to think about, isn't it? Isn't it? The other day I was walking around and I was thinking about um, something, my own flesh body. And he said, I've given you authority over all the work of the enemy now, now. And that's when he said to me, how are you going to do when you get to heaven? I said, well, it'd be nice. He said, and he was challenging me. Why are you waiting until you die? Yeah. Does death make you healthy? No. no. Sure, I'll have a, my hair back. Could I have it back now? I would if Lisa quit rubbing it off my head. But when I go to sleep at night, she's over there praying for me. She doesn't realize that she's the reason she rubbed all my hair off my head praying over me. <laughs> God said, you can stop lying now. <laughs> Revelation 1. Yeah. That's not a lie. That's not a lie. Because <laughs> you've been praying for me? Probably. I told her one day, I said, you know what? I'm not going to teach you how to run the lawnmower. You've got to pray me, keep me here. She wants me to teach her how to work on everything in the house. I went, nope. Nope. I need job security. Revelation 1.6, he's made us kings and priests to God and father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. He made us kings and priests to God. Now look at. Uh, one more real quick, um, 1714, Revelation 1714. You see, we're in a, a dual kingdom now. We're in the kingdom of darkness, but there's kings in the earth right now. Did y'all know that? Okay, 1714. Let's read this and I'll show you something. These will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome them for he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And then we got 1916. Let's look at 1916. Mm, and he had on a robe and on his style, king of kings and lord of lords. When Jesus comes back, he's boss. But he's boss now for us. Now, right now, we're, we have a kingdom in the world, and they have a system of the way they do things. We're not supposed to be like them. I'm not a Republican, I'm a Christian. Not a Democrat, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm in America, but I'm a Christian. And Jesus is Lord. 
and I live here and I obey the laws of the land that I live in as long as they don't contradict the kingdom. Amen. I mean, if they tell me 55, it's 55. They tell me abortion, I go, no. I don't do that. That's not my law. I'm not under that. I'm under another, I'm under another authority than that, a higher authority than you, and I'm not going to do that. Now, there are people, socialism is a kingdom. I'm not in that kingdom. Communism is a kingdom. I'm not in that kingdom. Darkness is a kingdom. I'm not in that kingdom. But there will come a day when Jesus will rule and reign and his kingdom will be throughout the whole earth and he is the king of kings, but he's not going to be the king. He, he's ours now. He's king now. That means I'm a subject of that kingdom and I'm underneath the laws of that kingdom. So the laws of, pro, of prosperity and kingdom finances, I'm operating in them now. I'm not waiting until I die. I'm operating in kingdom principles right this minute. I'm operating in the law of love and liberty now. It's a greater law than even what's going on in America today. A lot of people aren't under that law, but I'm under that law. So whenever you come to church and you start hearing about what God said, don't, don't blow it off. There's a reason he said things. Okay, James chapter one. And th this is good. I know I'm actually preaching on holiness, which we're supposed to be. It's okay to preach on holiness. I, I'm not, I'm not going to take your makeup away. God knows I don't want to take some of y'all's makeup away. I mean, it, good Lord, help you, you know. Now, I'm just going to stop now. I've got to stop now before I go too deep. But if the barn needs painting, please help us, Jesus, paint the thing. That's brutal. Not going to take your pants away and make you wear a dress. Not going to do it. Okay, you can wear pants. James one twenty one. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. And be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. Deceiving who? You. If you're not living by the Bible, you are a self-deceived human being. You need to want to hear truth on holiness. You need, you need to hear it. In America, we have strayed away from God's laws because society did. Now, we're a notch above them. We don't say effing, we say friggin'. That's called Christian cussing. I don't say friggin'. Are y'all out there or did you go home? You see, as long as we stay one notch above wicked, we think we're doing good. But we're not supposed, my grandmother would roll over in her grave if she saw what's going on now. What Christians do, because they didn't do it 50 years ago, it's not old hat, it's law. I remembered, I was watching television one day and I, I I think it was Red Skelton, and he said to someone, drop dead. I'd never heard anybody say drop dead. And so a little while later, my sister came in the room and said something, and I said, drop dead. 
Do y'all know what ivory soap tastes like? I do. I do. I got a lot of My mother grabbed me by hair. This might be why I don't have any. And drug me in the bathroom, bent my face down in the sink, took ivory soap and started scrubbing my tongue with it. Oh, God. She said, we will wash that nasty mouth out. Never cussed again until I left home. Man, ivory soap is nasty. But my mother wasn't wrong. It's time for us to start teaching a younger generation right from wrong. Be a parent to them. Let's start being a church that believes in living right. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about the fact that right now, and I want you to understand something, we're in, the, we're in one of the m- most crucial days in the history of this earth. And Jesus said, if you're not living right, you're going under. Amen. So you need to get excited about sermons where we're going to talk about living right. You ought to go, Hallelujah. Not my opinion, just his. Okay, let's look at one more. Titus 1.16. I'm trying to close. If he set you free from sin, Satan, and, and did, did he set you free from sin to walk in it? He did not. No, he did not. Okay. I'm almost finished, and y'all are still happy, so I get a feather. In my cap if I had one. But anyway, Titus 1.16. Let's read this. They profess to know God, talking about Christians, but in works deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Now, let me ask you another question. This is going to get real brutal. Are you all ready? This is going to be brutal. Is there going to be authority in heaven? Are you going to obey it? When are you going to begin? That's a heavy statement, isn't it? Am I going to see you Sunday to do your job? Well, no. I said, I should. Let me tell you something, you little knucklehead. You need to start obeying God. How are your children? I read something by Norm Boy today, and it's probably one of the best ones. He says, if you have no respect for church, don't expect your kids to have any respect for God. You understand, they're following your example. You're destroying your home by your disobedience. When you hear sermons on something, don't blow it off. Pick your Bible up. And if it's in the Bible, you make a change. Say, okay, I heard that today. God's going to be talking to us all about different things, each of us. And I'll tell you about me. I know I have to. I hate to because you always remember the bad and not the good. And I remember in my office one day, the married friend looked at me and said, you're too rough. And I said, well, Kenneth Copeland is. She said, he repented and now you do. Now I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't really like it. It really bothered me. I thought, what well, I brought you in here, I'm going to send you back home. <laughs> Was that a right attitude? No. I thought about it a little bit. 
a lot. I'm going to tell you, it wasn't easy to change, but I knew the Lord was in it. I was praying about right when Mark came, and I said, Heavenly Father, you know, anything you want to say to me, watch what you pray. We're sitting at lunch one day, and he says, you talk too much. I went, Shandai, I love to talk. You slow down for five minutes, I'll tell you every story I know. I love to talk. And he just says, you talk too much. And what was funny is that I just shut up. And we went out to lunch the next day, and Lisa looked at me and said, you're awfully quiet. I said, Shandai. But you know what? If someone shows you something, listen. They're trying to help us. God wants to talk to you about stuff. Let him. Let him talk to you. He's not going to heap everything on you all in one month. If he did, he'd have a thousand things to talk to you about. He's not going to. He's just going to talk to you about one. And whatever that one thing or two things is, listen. Let the king do his job. Amen. I don't want to hear, well, you're done. (laughs) I kind of want to hear, well done. And every once in a while, I'm concerned I am going to hear it. I've never told anybody that before. Every once in a while, I look at myself and go, Oh, you're a mess, Daryl Morgan. You're a mess. But it's good that I don't have an exaggerated opinion of myself. I mean, at least I'm watching me. Amen. Me and Lisa both. Anyway. And Lisa needs to. Sometimes she goes, sometimes I need to say something. Titus 2.11. Let's go there and I'm going to quit. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us. Denying ungodliness, worldly lust. You should live soberly. You should live righteously. You should live godly in this present age. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Folks, There's a pattern in the Bible. God, number one. Not job, not boyfriend, not girlfriend, not your mother, God. Your neighbor as self, that means you can love yourself. Just make sure you're loving everybody as much as you do you. If you're treating yourself better than you do everybody else around you, we have work to do. That's why you don't want too many friends. You know, you don't spend as much money on Christmas if nobody likes you. <laughs> but it's, listen, folks, listen, I'm being serious. It's time for us to start making adjustments in our life, the way we live our lives. And I, I go in my Bible and I read scriptures that I'm not doing so good at. I'm not going to tell you what they are. I've given you enough ammo. But I have a list of scriptures I read to myself every morning, and I make a covenant with God. I will live this today. 
Now, I will promise you at the end of the day, I've had to go back over that list and repent a little, tiny bit. Okay, Heavenly Father, didn't do that one. I slipped on that one. But we're working. We're working. I said this in class last night, and I'm going to say it again. Spirit of God's not falling on a church full of rebellious people. He's not going to do it. If he's not number one, he ain't coming to your church. You can have all the social club you want. Amen. So, since the only person you and I can change is me, let's work on me. At least I have a full-time job. Say we're under law. There in the New Testament has laws. We're not lawless. We're a holy people. We're a kingdom people. We're a God-fearing people. Now, when you get around your relatives at Christmas and they're going to talk to you about your church, and I want you to understand something, that the reason for dead churches is there's no responsibility there. Why? That preacher wants to keep his job. You can't fire me. It's my church. That's why you just pack it up and walk out the door, but you can't fire me. But the... I think that preachers need to get up and stand on their hind too. There's a church in Apopka, and I won't name its name. I'm not going to say it. It's, it's not y'all concern. They voted last year on whether to let homosexuals be in the pulpit or not. I'm going to tell you, I would not have had one trouble standing up and telling them what I thought. But I probably wouldn't have been there the next Sunday. I'm not bowing my knee to anybody. But pastors are afraid because society is controlling churches. They're afraid of what to say in the pulpit. If you're in a church like that, get out of it. Just run out of it with everything in your mind. Because you need to go someplace where someone's going to stand up and say, let's talk about this. And your kids need to hear it. You need to hear it. Amen. Have I said enough? This is good, isn't it? We're in the kingdom now. I'm in the kingdom now. The kingdom of God is here. He's king now, not when I die. He's king now. He decides where I go, what I do, how I live. And I want you to make the same, just make a mental adjustment. And I'm going to do this occasionally. I need to do it a little bit more on Sunday morning. But you need to pray for me because people in our church need to hear it and change, not hear it and just get mad. Because it's going to challenge them to quit being carnal and selfish. And there's too much of it in the body, and we have it in this one. Don't tell me anything I don't want to hear. I'll take my tithe and leave. Bye. Bye. (laughs) I love you, but I'm not. Amen. So whenever things get rough in your life, I want to know that I know that I know that I've taught you to read your Bible, taught you to pray, taught you to fellowship with God, keep the condemnation off of you so your faith will be strong in a storm. Because storms will come. Storms are coming. 
It's going to be good. I want Trump to get back in office. And even if he does, the devil isn't going to just roll up and die. Not until he's thrown into hell. And his cohorts aren't either. They're liars and they'll always be liars. And we live here now. But I'm in a kingdom. You're in a kingdom. And that kingdom cannot be shaken. We will never lack for anything good. We have promises. The willing and the obedient will eat the good of the land. The willing and obedient, not the Christian, the willing and obedient. I'm talking about just if you tithe. The willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. I will be willing and obedient. Is this good? I'm done. I'm done. I'm trying to be done. I'm done. Am I done? Am I done? All right. You ready to pray? I was watching that clock. I was trying to bleed it out a little bit more, but I'm out of sermon. Josh is not going to know what to do if I turn you loose 10 minutes early. Father God, thank you for this evening. I thank you for this church. I thank you for everybody in it. And they, they were gracious with me tonight. And I think so. I think that this is a good subject. What a, what a great subject. We're in a kingdom. We're, you're our king. You're our king. We're in here to obey you. We're here to follow you now. Not when we die. We're here to follow you now. You supply our needs now. You heal our bodies now. We walk with you now. We obey you now. And I thank you that we understand that. And I think that we're, I think this church will see the move of God that's coming in the earth. I believe that you're going to handpick this church to pour your glory right through it. We're going to see a move of God in this city through this church, through the people in this church. And we got some changes. We got some adjustments to make, but we're going to get ready for you and see a whole lot more of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I say one more thing to you real quick? One of the reasons you don't see a lot more of the move of God in a church is we're, we're too in a hurry to get in and here and get out. Don't come to church on Sunday morning in a big hurry. If we decide to have a worship service that goes 35, 40 minutes, just, just enjoy yourself. Don't, 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 don't be sitting there going with me. It's, I don't, yeah. Just enjoy God. You ain't got anywhere to go. You're more important than God. You don't have anywhere to go. What are you going to do to get to heaven? Walk in the throne room and go, ah, what's God's going to go, why don't you go to hell for a little while? <laughs> No, I'm teasing. He won't say that to you. Get a suntan. Never mind. There's nothing more important than the presence of God. Nothing on this earth. Amen? All right, I'm done. 8-11. I tried to milk it. Y'all get out of here and have a good night. I'll see you Sunday. And don't forget next Wednesday, Madeline. I'm going to be singing her heart out. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.